You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. Excited to have you back for another episode of the podcast and another guest episode. You know, we are, uh, you know, the format here for those that might be new, we do two episodes with guests, five solo episodes each uh, and every week. And so we are into the 160s, 160 straight, 160 straight plus days uh, of the podcast. Uh, and excited always to kind of bring in different guests with different, uh, you know, kind of approaches and perspectives. And in some cases, we also bring in some projects that, you know, I look at as innovative, as I look at that we can really, you know, kind of educate ourselves on and uh, kind of bring that to light. And so uh, I'm excited to bring in, I'm going to bring in right now on the screen for our, our video side, uh, Anthony. And Anthony is one of the co-founders of Bulls and Apes. So Anthony, uh, welcome to NFT 365. Excited to have you. Yeah, Brian, thanks for having me. Very, very stoked to be here. Sweet. So, yeah, give us a little bit of background about yourself as far as um, like kind of your background and then introduce us to uh, Bulls and Apes. And I have some, uh, you know, of course, some questions for you. And and the project's minting out at the end of the month for those that are kind of jumping on here. And for, you know, for me, I was kind of, uh, you know, brought in to understand a project over the last uh, month and a half or so. And I'm excited to learn more on this uh, episode as well. So, yeah, give us a little intro of yourself and then a little bit about the project. Yeah, sure. So um, I come from a corporate background, um, got a 20, 20 plus year in, in a more traditional corporate environment. Um, always, always been focused on strategy, developing teams, culture, um, scalable businesses. I've done a lot of M&A um, and, and technology delivery has always been core to that. Um, and so I've always been interested in new technology. I missed Web1 a bit. Um, I was uh, just right out of college, um, so really didn't get a chance to really capture Web one, Web two never really interests me. But then when I heard about Web three, um, when I started hearing about NFTs and thinking about the the power of the technology, I started to jump to jump in. And then once I got in, I saw the uh, the community aspect. And since culture is always a big thing of, of mine, leadership development and and connecting with people, you know that culture aspect. The first time I went into Discord, it was um, uh, V Friends Discord. I mean, just seeing the the action and seeing people engage. And I was like, wow, this is social. You know, forget Instagram and Facebook and, you know, and all of that. This was social. And that really just started to pull me in. And I was like, you know, I need to be involved in this. I really need to be involved. And, and so I started volunteering my time with a couple of projects I was involved in, um, wound up meeting um, the other co-founders. So Manny Coates and, and Guy Puel. Um, during the uh, during those those exercises and trying to help other projects, we connected. Um, really started sharing some ideas and we're like, you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of good in this space. The technology's great, the community's great, but there's also there's a lot lacking too. And so we wanted to really jump in, and we thought we had a lot to offer with our with our backgrounds. You know, Guy and Manny are both serial entrepreneurs. I've got this strong corporate background. Like, I think we can make a difference, and you know, let's let's try to do do our own project. 
I, I love that. And I love that kind of origin. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I can relate having, you know, I worked corporate world for uh, you know, most of my early career and now, now last eight years uh, on the entrepreneur side. And, and, you know, for, you know, for our listeners, like we, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the, the trust and like the research that we do each and every day for our, you know, buying an NFT every day for a year really starts with the founders, right? Understanding, you know, can we trust the founders, what their backgrounds were or are. Um, and, you know, for me, that was definitely a, a, a green light for, you know, as I started researching um, your project and it, you know, when I went to the website for the first time, I remember the art just being like, man, this, this art is, I mean, beyond impressive uh, as far as, 3d it also you know from a standpoint of like bulls and apes it doesn't feel like another ape project so i give the team credit for um for that piece but then there are some aspects of the project that you know i i mean we can't kind of uh walk around i mean the six month money back guarantee jumped out at me and i have been a part of two projects i believe that were um last year that had a, a, a money back uh, component, but nothing like what you guys are offering. So I guess the first question is art. Where's the inspiration, the artist? Um, give us a little bit about the art side. And then we're going to tap into the, the money back guarantee piece as well. Sure. No, no problem. So Manny Coates, um, one of the co-founders, he's he's got a 3D um, software background. Very, very creative guy. Um, I'm just super impressed by the stuff that he's able to churn out. And he's supported by a pretty large team that we have. And Anybody that knows 3D art, it's not just um, you know drawing on your iPad, right? There's there's a, it literally. I get fascinated by it when when they show me because I'm not an art guy, right? I'm more I'm more the the corporate operations guy. Um, but you know, the, it goes from like a clay model um, to needing to be textured and molded, and then the clothes all you know when you first see the clothes, you're like, wow, that's that. And then when you see the final product, you're like, holy crap, there's a lot that goes into it. And the way we're doing it, you could cheat on 3D. Um, so you could create 3D assets and just layer them on top of each other. Right. We're not doing that. Um, every single one of our NFTs is going to be a fully rendered 3D model, um, which means it takes more time um, and more resources. And you know, think about the cost of this render farms that you've got to rent out. And um, it, it's it, there's a lot of cost that goes into it. And so um, that's the the art. And then from the eye perspective, you know, when we're looking at the art, we're thinking long-term, right? We're, we're in this for the long-term and we're building out an IP. We're building out a brand. It, we, we call ourselves, we're an entertainment and media company that was born in Web3, but we're not being confined to Web3. We're always going to have a Web3 backbone, um, but we're looking at our art and saying, can we see this in a Pixar film? You know, that's the, you know, that's the kind of uh, barometer that we've got when we're looking at it. And, you know, we don't want it to be uh, overly realistic, but we don't want it to be cartoony. You know, we want it to be fun. We want people to be able to connect with it. So when you'll see our our bulls and eventually the apes as well, it takes an all walk of life component to it. You know, you'll see um, a police officer. You'll see an astronaut. You know, you'll see somebody going hunting. You know, so you'll see an athlete. Um, it's it's an all walks of life kind of approach to it. I love. That. I mean, I, I mean, the art is uh, beyond impressive. We'll definitely include the uh, the in the show notes here, and uh, you know, for anyone that jumps to the website, you just scroll down and you can see examples of a lot of the art. You know, and I like I love the surfing. You know, the surfing yeah. uh, one is a is a really cool one. Uh, you know, and I mean, I just I just think the art itself. Um, you know, for you know, we bought a lot of projects. You know, 
almost a thousand NFTs in my bag as a whole. And it's very rare that I'm like, wow, this is a, a 3D approach that jumps out. And I will also say like, it's also pretty impressive from a, a founding team perspective that your artist is also one of uh, the founders, which I think is a, a beautiful, um, not as common as, as many might think um, scenario. Um, so I'm curious, you know, the, the, I mentioned the, the money back guarantee side. Um, how did that come to life? And, and like, what was like, what was the original thought process on that? And, and how can people think about this idea of, uh, you know, a six, six month money back guarantee, which I th- I know for most of our listeners, I probably haven't even thought of an NFT project with that kind of offering. First of all, I mean, you think about six months in NFT land, it's like a lifetime, right? <laughs> like, like, it's just, it's amazing to, to, to even think through, you know, everybody says an NFT time is completely different. It's like you're in a, um, a time warp. But um, we weren't thinking about it. Just to be f- completely frank, we weren't thinking about money back guarantee when we started the project. What we were looking at, we were focused on fully doxed founders, professional background, and pre-funded project. You know, meaning we're bringing capital to the table. You know, we're not raising capital with with our our mint. You know, we've got the capital and we know what we want to build. Um, so it's not about raising the capital. But what happened was we did our project reveal when we you know, announced our Twitter and um, Discord, and it was right around the time of, of Squiggles. And so you had all of this, you know, even, you know, remember Squiggles had a docs founder, right? Um, quote, unquote. Um, and, you know, all this blowback was there. And we're like, oh my God, what are we getting involved in? You know, we wanted to, you know, we're bringing legitimacy to the space. All of the marketing plans that we had, you know, everything was being deemed um, a scam and a cash grab and a rug pull. And so we're sitting there putting our heads together, the, the, the three founders. And we're like, what are we going to do? And we're a bit disheartened. And then we said, you know what? We've got to lean into this because that's not us. You know, we're here for the long term. We're, we're, we're bringing legit, legitimacy to the space. And so um, uh, Guy was like, well, how about we do a money back guarantee? And we're like, yeah, sure. We don't need the mint funds so we could lock it up. And, and so we were like, yes, this is what we're going to do. We're doing it. We're going front and center with it. We put a press release out. We've got a PR firm that we're working with. And we're like, that's it. We're going, we're going in on it. It's going to be in the smart contract. It's going to be automated. You know, anybody, you know, my, my sister who might, who might buy it, she could go onto the website and I won't even know. She'll go on the website and hit refund. Um, and that's, that's what we wanted to be able to do. We wanted to be able to say, we go to our families and say, Hey, you know, you know, you should buy one. Um, we wanted to be able to say that with confidence and comfort um, and provide them with confidence and comfort that it's not them just buying from us. You know, they, they've got that protection there too. Well, I, lo- I love that approach, right? And, and I think you, you mentioned something, you know, a pre-funded project, right? Which I don't think we hear that, that the language used like that too often, but like understanding it for, you know, for the, you know, our listeners, you know, really NFT projects, majority of them, have really created companies uh, upside down or backwards or or in reverse of what the the traditional side uh, of the fence in the sense of you usually have the business plan you have the you know the proof of concept you have you know established uh, credibility and then you raise funds and and let's face it a majority of projects go the other way around they kind of start up overnight they're using um, the the mint as kind of the the fundraising and then they're like okay well now how do I implement and we've talked a lot about you know, last year, like a you know year ago over the summer, you know that was just the norm, and you could pretty much you know sneeze and out a NFT project and it would sell out overnight. But then you brought up you know kind of the the squiggle side of the house and like the rug pulls that that have been happening, but also just 
we are a much smarter NFT uh, consumer and collector, um, you know, yeah. group that we are. We're learning things that we should see and trigger and and flag. And I, I mentioned this to you, uh, you know, kind of pre-show. Like when I was first, I remember I first got the link. It was um, I think it might have been like a week and a half before NFT LA. Someone had sent me the link to the project, and I will say my very first instinct was up. Oh, this thing looks too good to be true, and yeah. I will tell you. Too be good to be true on my department is two things because I'm not one that takes face value on anything. But as soon as I hear too good to be true, like it feels too good to be true, I'm like, damn, this is going to require more research for me to, to discover the legitimacy of the project because there are some projects that I've you know kind of determined too good to be true. And then the more I research, get to know the founders, I'm like, oh man, this is great versus kind of what we saw with you know with squiggles and and even some of the pre-funded side right we knew that squiggles the amount of budget that they put out ahead of time um because they knew how much they were going to make uh, on the mint right so they knew that side um so i love that you kind of addressed that piece of it you know talk a little bit about you know you said you mentioned you know the other co- two co-founders entrepreneurial experience yourself um you know background in the business side both been in the web all three been in the web space for web three space for a good while talk to us a little bit about like the maybe some of the things that excite you about you know not only like utility but the things that you've learned from other projects that you're going to make sure that are integrated in in this project as well yeah so the the first 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 thing and you you touched on it already where um a lot of projects get to mint like that's the goal and then it's like okay now what and so so then there's this letdown because there's not a plan in place and so anyone who's run a business before you know that it takes you a month or two to get a legitimate plan in place and to get people organized around it, ramping up a team, you know, recruitment, especially in the Web3 space is very, very difficult. And we learned that early, early on. One of the big challenges was, was recruiting and getting a team in place. And we still, we're still understaffed for sure, but we've got, we've got a strong core together. Um, but, but anybody in, who's been in business and has run a project or um, who's tried to start a business knows that the ramp up takes a while. So if you could imagine this hype getting to mint and we've all experienced it and it sells out you're like, yes, this project's going to be awesome. And then two months later, you start taking action. Well, that's number one. You know, we're, we've got plans in place already on, on how to um, deliver and what that roadmap is going to look like. And, and, and we've got that core team together. We've got, I don't know, about 20 people um, on the team um, between the artists and project managers and people reaching out on collabs and ambassadors. Um, so we've got, we've got that, that core uh, together that we can, we can build off of pretty, pretty rapidly. Um, and so that's, that's, that's number one. Number two is, is actually delivering what you say you're going to, you're, you're going to deliver. Um, and so we're, we're really firm on, we're not just going to say, yeah, we're going to be in the metaverse or yeah, we're going to do merch, you know, sure. We want to do those things. Absolutely. But when we put it on the roadmap, we're going to be certain that we're going to be able to deliver it. Um, at, you know, it, it, there's always different delays and stuff, but you know, within within a, a, a reasonable time frame. I, I love that, and I and I you know I will even say like just from like you know the vision, the things that you're committing to deliver. You know, there are elements of you know the to- the tokenomics side of the house, and uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, being bulls and apes, right? There's like that that component um, as well. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, you know, for, I, I will just give, you know, I give a lot of credit, you know, I, do, I didn't end up being able to speak at NFTLA. I was originally booked, unfortunately, I had a meeting with the FBI that was about my, my compromised wallet that I ended up having uh, to kind of pass on that event. But I will say, you know, I had a lot of people that I 
um, new were at the event, that were at the event. Many of them, I was transferring some of my NFTs to their wallets so they could get into events. And almost all of them mentioned your project. And I will say, like, standing out from the noise at a NFT event, I've been now uh, to five or six um, as a project, I think is not as common as my, maybe many uh, would think. I'm curious, can you share a little bit about like what your strategy was for NFTLA and maybe some of the things we could all learn from really bringing an NFT project to an event? Because I mean, kudos to the team. I mean, I was getting inundated from and from worlds that like are not even close from people that aren't in the space that I've been like pulling in uh, to like the the true DGens and you guys got on on their radars across the board. Give us a little bit about that event strategy that you guys approached. Sure. So, so. Unfortunately, there was no strategy. Um, we pulled it together like last minute. So what happened was, again, you know, we think we have a compelling story, um, but we were having very diff- we have a, a very difficult time breaking through. You know, all the noise and you know influencers that you know they're like, no, we're not taking any paid promotion, we're not doing this. So like anything that you any angle, we went through. I don't know how many marketing agencies that we lost money on because they were just complete crap and they were doing shilling and bots and all this stuff. And we had to, you know, just cancel contracts, lost money. You know, we went through all of that. But then um, the, a little bit of a turning point was South by Southwest. Um, both of the, the other co-founders are from Austin. And so they wound up going to a couple of events that, that were in South by Southwest. And they realized that when people got to talk to, to them and see who they were, they're like, oh, wow, you're for real. Oh, you've got, you've got this experience What's your project again? Oh, wow. And so it started, that started happening. So very quickly, like NFTLA, we got to be there. And so we pulled it together real quick. We worked out a sponsorship deal. We wanted to have a presence there. And we just hopped on a plane and just and just got there. It was a last minute trip. Um, and what we found there and our strategy once we got there was we're going to tell our story to as many people that we can we can grab. Um, and so we just, we, we, I think I listened to maybe <laughs> one speaker um, it was just constantly walking around and talking and we were in the VIP lounge, which was great. We walked around to everyone's booth and we would, you know, listen to their side and then say, okay, well, you know, yeah, we're, we have a project too. And, and just the more people that we talked to, the more it started growing, even just at the event. And so it was this networking effect where, you know, just being genuine, just being authentic, just telling our story, listening to other people and listening to what some of the challenges of the space are. And so it's really that combination of listening and then just being very genuine and very authentic. It just, it just worked for us. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I, you know, I was getting these messages and actually one of our previous guests, uh, Michael Stelzner, who is founder of social media marketing world. Um, you know, he actually was texting me, I think right after he initially heard from you guys and he's like, fans, do you know about this project? And I, I was like, yeah, a little bit aware of it. Uh, and I sent him like three questions to ask because I was like, yeah. like I knew that like he was, uh, you know, he was there and he was interacting. And of course, he, uh, you know, was able to uh, ask you guys some of the questions on my side. And I'll say part of that was like the beauty of like the authenticity and and hearing more um, of your story. And and you mentioned kind of like cutting through that noise, you know, for those like you know from a project perspective, how are you measuring like kind of you know impact or momentum? leading up to Mint Day. I, I believe Mint Day is uh, April 29th, if we're yeah. correct. Um, yeah. How are you kind of uh, kind of like 
tracking that and like thinking, because I will say you not only, you know, Michael Stelzner, who was uh, on the po podcast, but you've teamed up with some of our, our projects that are good friends with uh, Bunny Buddies. This is a, a project yeah. that I, you know, Ari uh, and Mitch and the team uh, become, you know, some of my closest friends in the space. And, and you guys did a, a mega Twitter space uh, this past weekend together. So I love like that. Like I, from my standpoint, I'm seeing a lot of collaboration, a lot of things going down. How are you guys kind of tracking momentum leading up to the, the mint date? Yeah, sure. So um, there's this hard metrics that we're looking at. Um, so we're looking at engagement on Discord. So what percentage of our community is actually engaging? And Discord does a nice job of showing us benchmarks. And we're well above benchmarks on, on, on the engagement. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty pretty cool to see. We're also looking at demographics. And so you're able to see geographic regions. And we've got some targets in place um, that, that we're, we're measuring. Um, like I mentioned, we we had some some hiccups at the beginning with with some of the marketing agencies, and we had bots all over the place in our Discord. Um, we had bots on on our Twitter, and now what we're seeing is a lot of those bots dropped off, and it's being replaced with high quality. So the numbers look relatively flat from where it was at the beginning, but that was all bots. But we're actually gaining some really quality community members. So looking at the engagement looking at the number of um, posts in Discord, looking at retweets, looking at comments. Um, and then you mentioned the Megaspace. So we, we, we uh, build it as Megaspace and Megaspace 2. Um, Megaspace 1, we had uh, the max of about 1,008 people um, in Megaspace 1. And I was, it was our first official um, Twitter space. We had 3,700 people pass through throughout a seven and a half hour period. Megaspace 2 we got a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, seven and a half hours. We love you guys, but my God, that was long. You know, can you condense? And we did, we, we condensed it to about two to uh, well, about three hours. And so across three hours, we got to 980, and we had um, well over 2000, about 2,500 people pass through um, for mega space too. So we did it again. Um, and, and so that was a huge one. And then coming out of that, it's, it's funny is um, you know, people that, you know, you told the project about earlier on, um, like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Oh, cool, cool. You're doing something. Then all of a sudden they start to come back. Hey, you know, can I get on your whitelist? And so you start seeing that, which is more anecdotal. That's uh, more qualitative, but you start, we're starting to see a lot of that too, which leads you to believe that, you know, you are starting to break, break through the noise. But I'll tell you what, um, even, you know, so we saw all of these projects, as you mentioned, just sell out overnight and sell out with very little plan and, you know, not having real business background. And so we naively thought it was going to be relatively easy that we were going to, you know, put our profiles out there and people were like, oh, wow, you know, great business experience. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's a grind. And you got to get on Twitter spaces. Uh, you know, we're, we're finally breaking through and getting on some podcasts. We think it's really important for people to see us and hear us. Um, so it's, 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 it's not easy. And if you think it's going to be easy, you're, you're kidding yourself. Um, and so it's, it is a grind. Um, yes, we're early, uh, which, which is the beauty of it, but it's still hard work. No, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. And you know, I appreciate the transparency, right? And you know, in full transparency to our listeners, you know, I'm very transparent in our, any relationship that I have. And I was very blessed. We were able to kind of work with your team and offer some white lift spots for our founders, members of our uh, NFT 365 project. Um, but that, you know, that's kind of where that uh, where, where our relationship um, is established. And you know, I I love that you brought up you know some of the hiccups early on. And I will say, like you know, I'm since I'm buying an NFT every day. 
you know, I do, I run scans on Twitter accounts. I'm in the discord looking at bots. And I remember initially looking at your Twitter account was like, wow, there's a lot of what we call eggheads, right? There's a lot of um, Twitter accounts that don't have profile photos. And, and just to be clear for like those that are out there, there's a lot of profiles that don't have bots or um, that are paying for followers that have that as well, right? They, t Twitter has, I mean, I've been a, a active user on Twitter for uh, 10 plus years. I have 140 some thousand uh, followers. And I know like when some of the tools trigger things, I, ha I have to go deeper than that, right? And I, I've been ranting a little bit lately about, you know, I have a real disgust for a lot of TikTok uh, you know, quote unquote experts that are saying like, they'll say like this Twitter account has to be, um, they must have bought their followers because they're only getting like 30 retweets and they have 30,000 followers. And to me, that's like a very like uh, surface level look at way of looking at it. But I will say like the more I've followed that the, the, your account, more I've been um, into your discord, the activity is real, right? And for those that are maybe, you know, because I think that's part of the problem in this space is that if people get an impression or there's a FUD or even someone socializing like, hey, I saw this project had something, something, you know, the whole point of do your own damn research is that we each have to do our own research. And I would argue doing your research more than once, like along a project's journey, you know, as projects are getting to know, I will say like, I listened to the recording um, um, from your Twitter space and I was, I mean, I, like, I, I actually texted my team I was 30 minutes into that space. I was like, anyone who was in that space or heard that recording can, it can put to bed a lot of the things that anyone might've thought of just because we got to hear um, those stories. And so I'm curious just from a, a, you know, you mentioned, you know, some of those early mistakes, but then kind of coming to life in the, you know, kind of putting yourselves out there, you know, you also have some complexities that are built in, right? You have the money back guarantee, you have the tokenomics, you have multiple uh, pieces of art. How are you guys approaching kind of like educating your, you know, either, you know, especially even the, the people that might mint you for the very first NFT they mint, but also then on your roadmap as you're delivering, what, what is the like the kind of education plan to kind of onboard people into some of the more complex elements of your project? Yeah. So, so we, we were fortunate enough to meet, um, meet a content creator during at, at NFT LA um, and, 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 and hired him and brought him on full time. And so you see, um, Chris Darafiv is, is, um, active on our Twitter and putting some videos out. Well, he's going to be doing, um, bite size videos. Cause we do know there's a lot of complexity there and there's layers to it. Um, and not, not everybody's going to have the time to go and, you know, read through our, our website is basically like a white paper right now, right? There's, there's a ton of information, um, on there, but some people are going to want some bite sized pieces. So we are going to put together some short videos um, we're also going to put them on YouTube so you could kind of do a playlist. So if somebody's new coming in, you know, and they want to, they want to just go through the playlist and, you know, listen to everything that there is to know about the project, they'll be able to do that. But if somebody wants to just look at a particular aspect, they'll be able to pick it up and it'll be a short video where they could, um, they, they could, they could just, you know, take a quick, quick view of the, the video and get their information rather, rather quickly. So that is something that we're, 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 we're working on now and we are going to put out there. Because we do, we do think it's important to have the long form and the short form for people people to be able to consume. Because everybody consumes differently, for sure. And I will say, you know, I'm a friend of Chris's. Uh, he reached out to me right after NFTLA and saying that he was going to team up with you guys. And that was a another checkbox for me when I'm, you know, in the research game. Right. I think collaborating with, you know, he's a creator that I've trusted. I've spent. Uh, a ton of hours with him in clubhouse rooms. I've watched, you know, his content. He actually reached out to me about, you know, using a couple of the the sound bites and quotes from, uh, you know, some past interviews where we brought up uh, some things. And I, of course, said yes. 
Uh, so I wanted to bring that in there because I think, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, figuring out the influencers and marketing agency, but then like kind of like adapting and finding a creator that's going to help, um, you know, do that. And, you know, for our, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been offering to a lot of discords, you know, free of charge is like jumping in there and saying, Hey, I, I have a cybersecurity background. I've, I actually, my wallet was compromised, which then adds a, another layer. You know, I'm willing to teach, you know, and share some of those journeys, some of the things that we're learning. And so I love that you kind of brought that, um, you know, into life as well. Like kind of, you know, kind of collecting with a, a creator that is, you know, integrated and, and doing some of the education. When you, you know, when you look at like the mint date coming up, right? You're for those that you know we're recording this, and the podcast episode will be out right around the same day. But you know, like almost a, a week or so out from um, mint date, I'm curious from a standpoint of like, you know, you you mentioned you're you're using some like heavy 3D rendering, right? You have uh, definitely some complexities with you know the six uh, six day money back guarantee. I I can just say from a you know, from someone that went from having five wallets to I now have 25 wallets, thanks to this yeah. compromised wallet. Um, there's some complexities there, right? On like, how do I get my money back guarantee when I'm, I'm transferring my NFTs um, to maybe a cold storage or I'm moving them, you know, between wallets. I I'm curious, like there's a lot happening and I, and for anyone that's out there, no project should ever be expected to deliver perfection. Like, it's like pretty much the only guarantee that we have in the NFT space is that with every launch, there's going to be, you know, things that are going to happen. I mean, many people look at VFriends as a, you know, gold standard, but they forget that it was 13 days to roll out VFriends 1. Book yeah. Games was delayed three times. And even VFriends 2 was just delayed about 40 hours. So, and they yeah. have Vayner NFT and it's Gary Vaynerchuk, right? So like, I always love to like level set that because it's very easy for us to um, kind of really set un- you know, expectations that really are things that we can't achieve. So I'm curious as a founder, as you're kind of like ramping up at the end, what are the things that are like right now you're not only focused on, but like, like you're really like hoping like, A, these things go right. And like things that yeah. you're kind of, uh, kind of uh, have all of your attention. Yeah, sure. So, um, the, so the, the there's a few pieces of complexity. Um, number one, you mentioned already the rendering, right? So that's, that takes some time to do it right with the 3d model. It takes some time. So there's, there's a there's a there's a risk area there for sure. The other risk area is that um, when you think about the traditional, and I talked about that layering, um, that layering can happen outside of the art application. So you know it could happen outside of um, Photoshop or it could happen outside. But the way we're doing it, we have to do the trait generation and the randomization of the traits within the, the, the program, which means that the metadata is not available for us to be able to implement in the smart contract until we're done actually producing all of the, all of the assets. Um, so there's a, there's, a piece, there's a piece to that there. Um, we're getting the smart contracts audited. Um, so so the, the auditing uh, needs, to, needs to happen as well. Um, and that of course needs to happen after all the development's done. And then you just mentioned the, the refund the official on our website officially, you can't move the NFT out of your mint wallet in order to be eligible for the refund. Now, a ton of people for security reasons have come back and said, come on, that's not fair. You know, you know, we want to be secure. Can you come up with a solution? So that was um, a last minute feedback that I'm working with the tech team on now to see how we can accommodate that. Um, so there's a couple of approaches in place um, but that's not finalized yet. Um, and we've got to get that in place and then get the contract audited. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot we're working on right now is to be completely honest. Um, there's yeah. a lot of complexities and, you know, we've got, um, uh, um, a couple of, uh, our artists are in Ukraine 
And so literally they've been going from location to location to try to keep on working while it's, it's a war going on in their country. Um, and yeah. so that adds some complexity. Um, you know, Manny, who's driving the art, um, he, he got COVID over the weekend. Um, luckily, oh. symptoms aren't bad. But, you know, look, you know, this. <laughs> I'm just being open. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, we're living in crazy uh, times, right? Like, I mean, just like, I mean, we have impacted from a war and a global pandemic, yeah. not to mention a space that we are creating the culture on the fly. And, you know, we're recording this. And like my last four hours were upended on 420 thanks to Coinbase dropping yeah. the beta version of their NFT project. And all of a sudden, you know, I got access and then they had some things different on the creator side, uh, creator fees. And I was like, you know, it's opening up, you know, so this space is, is wild on that side. I also love that you're open, you know, even if the feedback isn't implementable, right? The fact that you're open to it, right? And yes. I will say like, we're preaching, you know, based on, you know, my experience with my wallet also, you know, like minting from a wallet that is more of a burner wallet. And then once you're minting, transferring into a ledger or a hardware wallet. Yeah. Um, but I will also say like, for me, projects that are offering these type of things, this is also one of those things like, okay, maybe I take the precautions and mint directly from my, my ledger wallet. Now for anyone that's minted from a, a hardware wallet, it's a little bit, uh, if it's, if the mint's going fast, your chance yeah. of like kind of keeping up is, uh, you know, you have to deal with, a, you know, your, your lightning cable, your unlocking of a, of a physical device. Uh, I mean, I have, I mean, literally mine's plugged in right here as I was doing some things, uh, pre, uh, show, but I, I do love that you're kind of trying to kind of approach that and figure it out. And I will tell you, I've been in contact with both MetaMask, OpenSea, and then we had a conversation um, through kind of from a, a blockchain perspective on like, how can we kind of fix that, right? Like, I mean, the idea that we should be able in ways to map wallets, pre you know, predetermined mapped wallets ahead of time where it's not, you know, because let's face it, if you give a little bit people are going to use bots and automation and they're going to take advantage of that, of that six month guarantee. And, and for all those that are, you know, good people doing good things that are like, why can't they just make it work? The people that are, are scamming and that are looking to make a quick, you know, 0.1 ETH to, you know, one ETH uh, return across a big piece. They're going to I mean, pound the smart contract for any weakness, especially if there's a guarantee, a money back guarantee component. So I, I respect the fact that this isn't as easy as like, oh, we'll just turn on a switch. But I do believe like the blockchain, because it's transparent, we should be able to implement that. And if, I know some of our listeners work for companies like Premint and a couple of the projects yeah. that are out there. I, I'm going to push them and happy to you know share some of my ideas and some of the things that we've been talking about. Because I think that's that's an important factor here is we want people to be safe, but we want to protect the projects and the smart contract from you know the bad actors um, that are in play as well. So um, I appreciate that you mentioned you know that and the fact that you're listening uh, to some of the feedback. As far as um, the mint experience goes, you know there's there's you know there's pre-sales, there's whitelist, there's the mint, uh, there's the reveal. Can you give us a little bit about what does that look like for you guys, and maybe even a little bit of like why you went with the approach that you went with. Cause I think there's some innovation in that space as well. Yeah. You know, so our original approach was we were going to do a small whitelist and then um, a Dutch auction after, and then, you know, looking at again, all of the, the cash grabs that were out there, um, you know, the Dutch auction, a lot of times is try, just trying to maximize FOMO and it's trying to maximize. Um, and, and look, you know, there's a lot of solid Dutch auctions that went out and, and it, you know, and especially when you do a true Dutch, Dutch auction and you get to the bottom price, which most projects aren't doing, they're doing, right. you know, whatever you, you know, so um, it, it creates that FOMO and, and um, you know, that was our original approach, but then we looked at it and said, you know what, we want to be as fair as possible. Um, we're doing, 
you know, originally we thought more of the marketing was going to be in place, but then we shifted to pure organic. Um, and, and since we were doing the organic, we said, let's just go heavy on the whitelist and let's try to sell out via the whitelist um, and not even get to a public sale. But, you know, as you, as you know, there's industry averages that are out there of, you know, you got to get this X number of wallets on in order to sell this many mints and all of that. And so one of the things that we're doing now, because we are gathering some, um, some traction on, on the whitelist, you know, we want to be very, very fair to the people that signed up early. So we're, we're contemplating, again, this is some feedback that we received, right. you know, looking at how do we, how do we chunk it up so that, you know, people who signed up early get an earlier start than people that are there and then earlier start than public sales. So we are looking at trying to make it as fair as possible you know, to your point, again, just listening to customer feedback as much as possible. Um, at the same time, you know, we want to, we want to sell out too, right? right. So it's, um, how do you keep on, you know, keep the momentum going? So we're, we're balancing all of that out. Um, the other thing that, you know, we are talking about right now is when, when do we reveal? And it, it tell you right now, it's not going to be an extended, you know, two weeks later, we're going to reveal or any, any, any garbage right. like that. Um, I hate waiting. Um, I, so I, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> And so, um, you know, we are, we're, we're going to be as fair as possible with that. Um, so we haven't figured out exactly when the reveal is going to be, um, but it'll be something where it's something like 48 hours after the mint starts and, you know, some period of time, maybe like an hour after sell out or something like that. I don't know. We're still figuring it out, but it'll be, you know, kind of, kind of like that. Well, you know, and I, for those that are listening to this, like, and you're thinking about launching your own NFT project, I would love for you to go back and listen again and listen to the different components that are testing, trying, learning, exploring, realizing, okay, pulling back on that, figuring out like the, the different nuances. I mean, something as simple as like most people from the outside would say, do I do a whitelist or not a whitelist? But it's way more complex than that, right? Like how do we avoid gas wars? How do we reward those that are our earliest fans? If, if we're yeah. doing phases, do we limit the max amount that someone can buy, right? There's, and all of these things, if in some cases, one of those things done either wrong or done in a way that might you know end up making a project a lot harder to sell out or alienating one group uh, or or another and so i appreciate i appreciate you kind of breaking that down because i mean it's i i'm getting to a point right now where i mean i'm excited to onboard new people into this space but the trend that I've been seeing is people that are onboarding now, like right now in this current, they, they see what's out there and they're like, I'm ready to launch an NFT project. Yep. And I've been so like, I mean, I'm hell bent on saying you must be a collector before you're a creator. I, I mm -hmm. firmly believe in this space. It's essential, but it's also because some people just see like, Oh, you, you pick art, you have a, a, some utility, you have a website, you have a Twitter account, a discord, like there's like these like check boxes. And, you know, I will say like, we launched NFTs for the podcast back in November. Um, I learned a lot from that launch myself now advising a couple of projects and for our upcoming PFP project that we're launching, I'm factoring a lot of this in. And even, you know, some of the question side is like, for me, I know what we're, we're going through. So I really appreciate that um, honesty. Last question I had are kind of like, not really last question, but we're kind of bringing this full front. You know, you have a fully docs team, uh, yeah. amazing art. You have a extremely active discord. You made a splash South by Southwest NFT LA, but there, there are the, you know, Moonbirds launch that there's this weekend, right there. There was, there's almost like this weird element of web three. It reminds me of like 
uh, when, when someone's a fan of a band, right? Like they, 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 they love being a fan of the band early on and the band makes it on the radio and like, they're, they're so jaded and you're like, wait, that's the band's like life goals and dreams. And, and I feel like there's an interesting cross section right now in web three where people that have their things almost two together are, are looked at as like, oh, they, they, they're like the web two versions taking over our, our yeah. web three. And then you have the opposite side where like everyone, we don't know anyone's names that are founders. And we're like, that's, they're setting us up for a scam. And I've been saying this on, you know, I've known Kevin Rose. Uh, I was on a panel with him in 2013, actually funny enough at South by Southwest. Um, and like, I think there's space for that whole world. And I would say you guys kind of fall in like, in that like middle side or even more leaning towards the, the moonbird side on pre-funded experienced businessmen that are, that are a part of the project, you know, all-star art you have tokenomics built in and it's not like hey we're gonna launch a coin at some time uh for our listeners jump on the website like you've broken down a lot of the mechanics um behind that how how would you like maybe even advise or just give your take on that because i think it's such an unfortunate thing that we want everyone to have these check boxes and then if you have too many of the checks we now are like almost too afraid that you're, you're like too polished, too good. And I think for those that are out there, this is do your own damn research. You decide the projects that you're a part of, but I'm, I'm so bullish pun intended on projects that have their shit together because let's face it, the, the, the opportunity for a rug pull, like what it would do to each of your individual personal brands and, and who you are as individuals would be, you know, the risk is, is way too high in my personal opinion there. But what's your take on kind of like, the the you know even like the moonbirds trend now like you didn't you didn't know moonbirds was coming out like a, a, you know 14 days before your project but give me your thoughts on just kind of that kind of impression of like when things are too good you know too pulled together how that's kind of being taken in web3 yeah you know it, it's 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 interesting right because um first of all i think it's not one size fits all um i think there will be there will be a sub community that are og and it's you know it's it's Pure Web three decentralization, um, DAO, uh, you know, you know, it's uh, uh, trustless, and and it'll be everything that is core to Web three. There'll be some people that just say that's all. I, that's all I want to be involved in, and that's okay. And I think there's there's room for it. But there's another group of people that is saying, hey, I see NFTs as something that can be mainstream. That there's going to be mainstream adoption. And for those people, if you want mainstream adoption, then some of those check boxes are going to have to start to be checked. Um, because if they're, if they're not, and you know, you, they, I love Moonbirds, um, big fan of Kevin Rose. Um, so I'm really pleased to see what, what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a project that, you know, I think, I think can be successful for sure. Um, so I'm really pleased to see it. Um, and, and I think that we're in the same vein. I, I, I and, and so I do think that we're going to bring some of that to the table, um, also in, in a little bit of a different, a, a different approach, but, but, but similar check boxes. Um, you know, we're going to need people that respect Web3 and that Web3 can respect. And so I, I hopefully we're, we're one of those people that can be that bridge. But let's be clear, you know, mainstream adoption and, you know, true big companies are coming. Right. <laughs> and so if we're not in, in Web3, and I'm going to say we as, as I'm in Web3, um, if we're not careful, they're just going to blow us by. And so we've got to we've got to push back and make sure that they respect the essence of what it means to be Web3. But we also got to be accepting of Web2 coming into Web3. You know, again, otherwise, they're just going to they're just going to overtake the technology and do things their way. So it's going to be 
a little bit of a back and forth and a balance between the two. Yeah. You know, and I think it's funny too, that, you know, a lot of like the OGs and those that like were early and, you know, right place, right time, in some cases, um, right project, you know, what Yugo Labs is now created, right. From a, you know, they, they have, they have the, the resources and the power to be the, the web two gorilla. And I, I feel like I find it interesting that those with a, you know, board ape, uh, you know, a PFP are often right now ones that are, are questioning those that are like, you know, bringing innovation and, and power to the market. I'm like, hold on a second. And you can't, you know, can't stay on, on both sides uh, of that fence as well. So you know, I, I really appreciate your honesty. I, I was really excited for this interview. Um, for me, part of it, it was being able to ask you some of the questions that, you know, I wouldn't even say they're tough questions, but they're questions that I believe by you answering them, they're going to answer a lot of questions that I know that the community needs to hear that, that people need to hear as well. Um, I, I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you. Any last words, any last information uh, about the project, things that uh, people be aware of? And, uh, and we'll make sure all the links, of course, are in the show notes as well. Yeah. So, so just, to, just to, uh, the, the number one thing I want people to take away is that, you know, we're, we're here for the long, we're here for the long term. We're building, we're building a, a company. We're building a brand. Um, it's not going to be a, a, a one mint thing. We are, we're looking at, you know, from a company perspective, we're looking at multiple revenue streams. Um, you know, we're, we're not focusing solely on just minting more NFTs and more NFTs and more NFTs. You know, we're looking at, there's a whole community aspect around events and experience and living your best life um, that we didn't, we didn't get to. There's the NFT aspect around tokenomics um, again. And then the third one is, you know, we're going into the, the physical world pretty, pretty darn quickly. We already have a prototype for a physical card game. So like a Magic the Gathering type of a card game. You know, so we are going to be attacking it from multiple angles. We're building, we're building a brand. We're building an entertainment media company that's born in Web3, that has a backbone in Web3, but not confined to Web3. Well, I really appreciate that take, um, you know, for our listeners too. You know, just, you know, the Moonbirds scams that are still being passed around right now are out of this world, please, please do not click on any links. I don't care if it's a verified Twitter account. It could be someone that was your friend. It could be my Twitter account. And I, if there is a link to a project that looks too good to be true or is asking you to connect your wallet, please do not do that. I will put in the links, the official Twitter account um, for this project. You know, it's Bulls Apes Proj, P-R-O-J on Twitter. Make sure that you're starting origin from there. Anytime you're interacting with their, the website, their contract. I know just from, you know, the, the research that I've done on the project, you know, there will be hype on this project, you know, pre-mint, mint day, um, a couple of days after people trying to take advantage of people having the FOMO, clicking on a link. And, and I just don't want people to be scammed on that. And, you know, I also love, you know, the commitment to, you know, education. You guys have some other events coming up um, in your Discord. I know uh, you have the the Tank Man. You're doing a thing uh, around Tank Man and and tokenomics as well. I already I already was like, oh, I, I got to make sure I tune in for that because I I'm always about you know kind of educating and pushing limits. And then you know the last thing you know we added a, a dam to do your own dam research. So it's D Y O D R here for our podcast listeners. Um, we even had, you know, shout out to one of our listeners who got, who got it tattooed on his forearm, uh, the D Y O D R. But, you know, I would just say for everyone that's out there, right. The do your own research is in every component, right. Of the project itself, but also is it a project that you want to be a part of that, that, that the utility that the community are people that you want to be a part of. And if you do your research and it might, the project, not talking about this project specifically, but the projects might not be the best fit for you individually. Let's do our best 
So rather than spread FUD or rumors or or be jaded, let's support, amplify, and and celebrate great projects that are innovating, that are working to do their best. I think it's very unfortunate in this space right now that you know there are people talking bad about Moonbirds, and I believe only reason, my own personal opinion, is because they missed out on the raffle and they feel like they they missed that hype. And and guess what? There's there's a new project every day. There's gonna be more opportunities. And I just challenge everyone, you know, do your own, you know, damn research on yourself too. Like, Hey, is this liquidity that is worth my spend that I'm going to have the time to, to get the value of the utility? And if not, the beauty of this space is you might not mint. And a month later, you're going to be able to do additional research. And maybe at that point, buying into the project on secondary um, is something um, that is worthwhile for you. So thanks so much for uh, being a guest on our show. I will make sure uh, the links are out there. We're going to include the project in our Mint 365 uh, project. Actually, it'll be right around uh, the halfway mark. We're almost to the halfway mark of buying an NFT uh, every day for uh, 365 days. So uh, for all of our listeners, for everyone that's out there, uh, until tomorrow, uh, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice. So do your